Whew. Hottest summer we've had in years. Well, we've progressed a long way since the turn of the century 20 years ago. Hey, animator, what do you say we have some fun, huh? The time is now on an evening very much like the one we have just witnessed. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I'm your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 660, and together we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, and more here on the podcast, my weekly live video on Facebook, community, blog, and more. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and find everything else at www.radio.com. So this week we'll be live from Epcot where I share the best of the fest from the Epcot Festival of the Arts. We'll have our Disney trivia question of the week and more updates at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. I know, at the beginning of every single festival review I do, I start off by saying that it is the most wonderful time of the year, but this time I really mean it, because the weather is beautiful, the holidays are in full swing, we are standing in the shadow of the majestic Christmas tree at the entrance to the World Showcase Promenade, and the festival of the holidays is in full swing here at Epcot Center, now through December 30th, and of all the festivals, This is the one I look forward to most because it's the one that's going on now. And I really, I say it, I know, I say it every time. It has a little bit of something for everyone and it's not just about the food, but it's about the entertainment and we will get into that. And today I am joined by friends and fellow foodies, say that three times fast, as we're gonna do something a little bit different this year. In our, what started out, a little bit of history lesson, what started, it used to start out as a walkabout. And I would sort of record it or do it live, and we would stop in every single booth during the festivals and eat from every single booth until the one year I remember sitting down somewhere in between like Morocco and France. I sat down with like this lamb Kefka burger, and I just, I was like, I can't, I give up. I just cannot do it anymore. So we're getting more efficient, and I think we're getting better, and I'll explain to you how we're gonna do it this year to put a little spin on it after I introduce not one, not two, but three of my very good friends. She is, of course, Ashley Coggins from acupofcharming.com. Hi, everybody. Really excited to be here again for another festival full of food and fun. Notice that we always always seem to get together and it's always around food and festivals. Yeah, that's how we even met. I mean, we were just bonding over uh, at a conference, standing in line, waiting to see what the food was going to be. And we were just so excited. So, I mean, it's our passion, everything. It's our, it's our job. It's our job. <laughs> Coming back once again is Lisa Denardo Glasner from the Castle Run and Core Memory Candles. I'm here and I'm hungry, and this is my favorite festival because, like you said, it's the one that's happening right now. <laughs> and she's giving me the come on, man, hurry up, let's go, let's start eating. And back once again is a man for your first festival fest 
walkabout review. Amanda Bonner from Disney Travel for All. I am here for it. Happy holidays. There is nowhere I'd rather be. And this is my favorite time of year. So let's go. I'm hungry. The holidays are always much happier when they are surrounded by friends and surrounded by food. So this year, what I thought we would do to make for an, a better overall experience, not just for us, but to make it more valuable for you, the listener, is to truly share what we think is going to be the best of the fest. So it's not going to be a top 10, which really is top 20. Ish. In ish, sort of. <laughs> Although I'm, I'm realizing now I'm going to break my rule. Instead, this year, we're going to do our top five booths at the festival. The top five marketplace kitchen. Because this year, there's 18 different locations, not even including some of the stands that have like an individual item or the donut box that has multiple donuts. And then we'll also talk about some of our festival favorites. Maybe our, our favorite festival candlelight processional narrator, our favorite uh, holidays around the world storyteller, of which there are many, and I'm so excited that they are back again this year. And then maybe our overall favorite item, favorite drink, or favorite dessert to help you when you come not pull a loo and try and eat everything, because unless you are superhuman, it is, uh, it is very difficult to be done. So very quickly, where does this festival rank for you among, and it really... It's almost sort of Epcot is becoming the festival park, right? Because it seems like the festivals almost are backing up to each other all year round, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Is there one, whether it be this or another, that sort of sticks out for you and why? I think uh, for me, it's very tight, but the flower and garden is probably my favorite because I like that. I'm not a gardener at all, no green thumb, but for some reason it just really appeals to me springtime. However, I am extremely excited about this one. I joke that whatever is happening is my favorite festival, but there's a reason for that because it kind of flows through the seasons and flows through like my own like spirit of the season kind of thing. So like, yeah, when food and wine starts, I'm all in for that. And like this time of year, I'm all about this festival you know come springtime i'm ready for there to be flowers everywhere obviously festival of the arts i'm just naming them all to show you why i love them all um but right now this is my favorite festival like i said for me it's flower and garden for sure i just love how they have the topiaries out and all the different you know the carpet of flowers they do around future world and they always try to do something to incorporate local ingredients especially stuff grown in the land into the food kiosk that you're eating so it's kind of like a full circle thing and i really look forward to that yeah, I think, you know, for me, I could make an argument for each of the festivals because I was sort of waffle, mm, waffles. I waffle between <laughs> Festival of the Arts because of the, the visuals, the aesthetic of the flowers, like you said, the carpet and all the different trees and flowers around. But I also love the holidays for the same reason. I love the trees. I love the different storytellers. I love the Christmas music playing in the background. There is something about just seeing you know, the, the ornaments and the garland everywhere that puts a little bit of a smile on, on my face. So, but in the interest of continuing to do things a little bit different, I am a person who does World Showcase the right way. I walk in from Future World and go clockwise because that's how you're supposed to do it. But this year, we're going to mix things up a little bit. We're going to go counterclockwise, which is not a big deal to all of you, but it's a huge deal for me because I never really do it because I also feel sometimes the countries that come last and the booths that come last don't necessarily get their full due because we're so full and we're so tired and we're going to make this a little bit more 
effective and efficient. And we sort of, we've pre-gamed a little bit. We've gone through the festival passport a little bit to get a sense of where it is that we want to go. So we'll do a little surprise and head on over to our first marketplace kiosk. Now, before you yell at me through your car radio or your iPhone or whatever device, that for some reason you're hearing music from France and not from the Yukon Holiday Kitchen and our friends from the Great White North up in Canada, it is not for a lack of love and appreciation and care for the deliciousness that is the Yukon Kitchen's food, but in looking at the selections this year, we sort of made a, an overall decision that it didn't seem like there was anything really new. There's the seared scallops, the beef bourguignon, the maple bouche de Noël, and this year is new, the Snickers doodle cookie. But if we really are going to do a top five-ish booths, we wanted to instead move directly over to France. And if memory serves correct, you are the only, unless, you, Amanda, you have a secret talent to speak French, you are the only person that can at least somewhat muddle your way through sure, French? Sure, sure. Uh, what is the name of this kitchen? Les Marchés du Noël. Uh, that's better than the rest of us could have done it. And I think the plan is to hit all of the food items, correct? Take us through because I do not want to butcher the French language. Okay. So they have the Napoleon du Saumon Fumé un Broche Brioche. Which is oh, my favorite song in the background. Oh, Livy and Rose. Uh, it's a smoked salmon napoleon with layers of smoked salmon, dill mousse, creme fraiche mousse, served in a brioche bread. And then the dinde, this one I might butcher, uh, foriestre, patis duche roles, turkey with bacon, mushrooms, and onions, and a mustard cream sauce served with roasted sweet potatoes. And then the bouche de Noël chocolat blanc from Brace which is a chocolate Christmas log with chocolate biscuit, white chocolate mousse, raspberry cream, and chocolate fudge coating. And France, for all the festivals that we've been to, and I think we did, what was the last festival? Food and Wine? And even Festival of the Arts. Like, France has continuously been sort of like knocking it out of the park. I don't know which festival was it that they had that like mushroom tart with the, right? I don't whatever festival it was, like, they have consistently been good. Yeah, from that flower and garden right before everything shut down when they hit it out of the park, and I remember, like, raving over this booth, like, while the world was falling around us. Um, from, it just has been, it's been consistently good. And in the past, it was always a booth that I tended to skip because I don't like heavy food and heat. I, like, this and Italy, I think I don't give their due, but it's been so good lately. Well, and it's also worth mentioning that if you have never had the Canada booth before and you like the, what you see on the menu, it's phenomenal. We just skipped it because we It's almost like it's a legacy booth. Like, yeah. it's so good, it almost doesn't even bear having to mention it again. And I look, I applaud France because I think for years they would often have 
and they still do, I think, at some festivals, escargot and some things that like would be fun or funny or interesting to try. But everything on this menu sounds good, including the frozen hot chocolate martini. They also have a Cabernet Sauvignon. They have, I'm just going to call it a sparkling wine, and a cranberry mimosa with a Paul Remy sparkling wine with orange juice and cranberry syrup. So you can have like a really nice afternoon or evening just in this booth alone. I'm very, very excited, and I'm so happy we're doing this one first. I'm not sad at all this one is first. <laughs> we'll have four of everything, please. I'm gonna go out on a very long limb here and say this might have been the smartest thing I've ever done in a Disney park by going right instead of left. Because if the food in the French kitchen tastes as good as it looks, we are in for a treat. Because before we even smelled anything, we just saw how beautifully presented everything was, especially the smoked salmon Napoleon with the salmon and the dill mousse and the creme fraiche. It's just this gorgeous little fluffy pastry, all layered beautifully. Even the, um, the turkey with bacon just smells so delicious. And that chocolate Christmas log looks delectable. Like, I'm very, very excited. I think we should start with the hot stuff first. So ladies, I'm gonna ask you to, to dig in and share your thoughts. Okay, so the first thing that we tasted because it was warm was the turkey, bacon, mushrooms, and onions in this mustard cream sauce. And I said, if France and Thanksgiving had a baby, that's what it would be. I, I real The more I tasted this, the more I enjoyed it. And I think we said as we sort of sort of getting to the bottom and those little pearl onions and the mushrooms, it's delicious. And there was also a lot to it. The only thing that's wrong with this booth is that there's always a dish like this that's wonderful. And then there's always a dish that I can use to sop up what's left in the tray <laughs> of this type of dish. And there's not really a good sopping. But this is so good. I love the sweet potatoes. And like the deeper in that you get, like the pearl onions and the bacon and the, the very light mustard sauce. It's so good. It's it. a perfect fall winter dish too. It's a generous helping. And I, I don't really care for mustard, but that cream sauce is so light. And then with the, uh, forget, the, the turkey's great, but then the bacon, mushrooms, and those pearl onions just kind of burst in your mouth. It's lovely. I could almost do it without the turkey. And yeah. I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. Yeah, I would make sure that you would mix it up. The cream sauce seems to be on the bottom. So um, give it a little mix up to help with the upset a little bit, the turkey. And the pearl onions are like nice little sweetness. And the mushrooms are, I, I look at that they're big pieces of mushroom too. So you get a nice like little bite, a perfect bite of that with all of it together. And moving on from there, if France and a Jewish bagel place from New Jersey had a baby, it would be the smoked salmon Napoleon because that's exactly what it was. It's that buttery brioche bun with these very, unlike the big schmear that you get from a Jersey deli, it's a very thin schmear of the, um, that this dill mousse and this creme fraiche mousse in that very wonderfully fluffy brioche bread. I really enjoyed it. I like how the fluffiness of the brioche and I love dill everything. So it was nice, like the salmon with the uh, cream cheese, well, creme fraiche rather, were all mixed together. I, it's simple and light. It's nice. 
Yeah, it was very light. I like the uh, brioche, like you mentioned, the buttery flavor. It really offset the uh, dill for me because at first that's I got a lot of dill, but then as I <laughs> ate more of the brioche, that really offset it very nicely. Yeah, France is like canoodling its way around the World Showcase. <laughs> this could have been El Chaim and it wouldn't have surprised me at all. I usually would gravitate towards something chewier like a bagel for obvious reasons for a dish like that. But it, it's it's very good and it belongs here in France for that reason. And it's super light. I love the way it's layered um, because it's heavy ingredients, but it's very light the way it's done. That's what I said. Like, and we've may, you've mentioned earlier, like a lot of times you come to France and it's very, very heavy. Mm-hmm. And even... Even the turkey was was relatively light compared to the others. So let's move on then to dessert. And as I describe it, you you're all ladies welcome to dig in. It's this Christmas log with the, with the chocolate biscuit, the white chocolate mousse, the raspberry cream, and the chocolate fudge coating. Again, nice size uh, piece. Obviously, very easily shareable um, between the four of us. Right. Oh my God, it's like falling apart. Or not? I might need my own. <laughs> <laughs> so good. This is a very hard dish to make, just so you know. They have to bake all those cake layers so thin in each layer, and then you have to sit it up and cool it and roll it all simultaneously to make that perfect circle with that raspberry filling. I love it. You were all being dainty with your fork. I'm Now that you guys are all done, I'm just going to dig in. The raspberry and the chocolate together, it's just like perfect. I, I'm a fan of that uh, to begin with the desserts. I always gravitate to raspberry desserts, so this is a hit for me. Ooh, it's like if France and a devil dog had a baby, mm-hmm. it would be the this. Cake. It's the but it, cake. Oh, it's so light and fluffy. It's good. I mean, I'm not a huge chocolate person, um, but it's good. It's good. I am a chocolate person. I really like that fudge coating. It reminded me almost of a, a light piece of fudge that has a little raspberry cream inside. It's really, really good. I'm not a huge sweets person, but that's just nice. sweet enough mm-hmm. to sort of punctuate. This is a nice little all-in-one meal right here in France. Right, you can add it cocktail if you like. They had a really good cocktail selection, especially if you're in the bubbles. It's lovely. So not even trying any of the beverages. I'm giving a friend right out of the gate. I'm giving France a five out of five. I'm throwing it down. And you know those drinks are good. There was a cranberry mimosa, and then there was a, what, the martini, the chocolate martini. They both looked really good, too. This so is why, a- didn't, why didn't we get one, then? <laughs> now, all of a sudden, you guys are getting shot. <laughs> it's early in the day for it. All right. Before we start getting full, uh, let's let's take our love of France and move down the promenade. It's so good. I'm that so excited. Really good. <laughs> wow. Go for it. Yeah, don't waste anything. No. No. <laughs> Moving our way down the promenade counterclockwise, we are somewhat reluctantly, <clears throat> excuse me, skipping the Lahayam Holiday Kitchen, which I believe are all repeats of past years of the pastrami on rye, the smoked salmon potato latke, which they've had, I think, at other festivals, which I've liked. They have the regular potato latke, the mini jelly-filled donuts, I believe, are new, and the uh, infamous black and white cookie. Again, not I, I do love me a good potato latke, but if we're doing top five, it's no reason why we're skipping along to Tangerine Cafe Flavors of the Medina, which, like they've done, I think, since the last festival, is not on the promenade proper in terms of a, a marketplace kiosk, but actually is inside of the Tangerine Cafe restaurant. They have two different grilled kebabs, a, a lamb kefta and a harissa chicken, the stone-baked Moroccan bread with hummus, fig tapenade and zoo dip, and the almond spice cake with ginger mousse, orange ganache, and sesame tulle. 
And uh, are we getting the fig cocktail and or the stem cider lavender apple hard cider? I'm game for whatever. Right. You that means, Lou, you just get them all. And <laughs> yeah, the drinks, the drinks sound really good. That lavender cider sounds really good. And obviously, like, who could, who could not like a fig cocktail? So basically, I'm getting everything on the menu, which is fine. But it's this is why this will hopefully sort of rank, at least on paper, as a top five booth. So much of enjoying cuisine is not just how it tastes on your palate, but how it looks and how it smells. And Tangerine Cafe so far is hitting on all of those. We're going to start off with the grilled kebabs with the carrot chickpea salad and garlic aioli. Why don't we start with the Harissa chicken, and then move our way over to the lamb. So both of these items are gluten and wheat friendly. And as I was confirming that, I heard the yummy sound emanating from not one, not two, but all three of you. Oh God, this is so good. I love this so much. I love Tangerine Cafe, and I love that even though it's not open as a restaurant right now, that they're using this. Oh my gosh, this is so good. The salad that it comes with is so light and amazing. I'm glad that it also comes with the lamb, so I'm going to get to eat it again in a minute. <laughs> that dish is such a powerful punch. There's so many majestic things happening all at once. I don't even know where to start, and I love this. I mean, the chickpea salad, right? I mean, I, I like how you can see everything that's in there. You can, you, it, just, it just melds well, and I love how the chicken is crispy on the outside and so juicy on the inside. Yes. I need to make this salad. The chicken was delicious, but it really is the salad that stands out. It's got chickpeas, looks like almond slivers, raisins, carrots, a really light sauce. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm. And that little hint of the, the garlic aioli, which is not overpowering. The chicken is so tender and so moist. Wow. That chicken is cooked perfectly. Yes. Perfectly. And it was on a kebab. It fell off when we had to take it off such a unique like flavor palette i i really enjoy it it's something so different than you would get at any of the festivals i feel like too so i'll admit to you now coming in i'm like oh tantrum cafe it'll be sort of just i am incredibly impressed at just how flavorful that chicken is it's because sometimes a chicken kebab is sort of bland and it just has sauces on top not at all the chicken is seasoned so well let's move on to the lamb kefta as well and i know not everybody is a lamb fan. I, for one, actually happen to like lamb, so I am going to dig right in. Mm. So I know lamb is not for everyone, and this one has a definite bit of zip to it. I really like this. Uh, and, and kefta is a ground lamb, or it could be beef, that has different spices and seasoning in it. You definitely taste the spice here. Uh, it is not hot spice, but spicy spice. So it might not necessarily be right for everybody's palate. Lamb is something I could take or leave, but I would definitely take that. I like the spiciness, and the salad, again, really offsets it. I'll say it's a heat that, that <clears throat> I'm sorry, that kind of sits still on your palate. It doesn't creep as you're eating it. So if you don't like heat at all, you can't go wrong with the chicken. But if you don't mind a little teeny bit of heat, and, and if you like lamb in general, obviously... The lamb is excellent. And the salad that goes with both of them almost makes the dish because it's so light and refreshing that it offsets the richness. It does. It does sort of cool the spice on your palate. You're not a huge lamb fan, are you? So that means I can have your piece of what? Right. Because I'm I'm as... Oh, uh, do you guys want... Okay, good. Yay. While I'm enjoying my second piece of lamb, Kefka, 
why don't you start partaking of the stone-baked Moroccan bread, which came out piping hot. Um, I, I just, you, you can tell that it just came out of the oven. It smells delicious, and it just sort of breaks apart, and it comes with a hummus, fig tapenade, and zug dip. And zug is, again, another sort of traditional um, Middle Eastern sort of a, a hot sauce. It looks like a chimichurri, but it does. It is going to have some heat in that as well. So, ladies, please, while I enjoy my lamb, please dig in. It tastes very similar to one of the dips at Sanaa for bread mm-hmm. service in a very good way. It's the, the, the zoo. The zoo is a very delicious, and I don't think it's too spicy at all. Yeah, I, I, I mean, just sort of coming from the lamb right into that, Wow, there's this like flavor explosion mm-hmm. on my face that I am enjoying so much. I want to dip the chicken skewer in the zerg. Mm. Oh, how good would that be? Yeah, yeah. It's it is that like the consistency of a chimichurri and that lightness. It has a teeny bit of heat, but again, it's not anything much. The fig is really wonderful. It has um, that anise, that licorice, which I've never had with fig before. At least I haven't. It's probably. Um, but it's delicious, and then the hummus is just a yeah, you know, it's, it's a good hummus. Ooh, it's I love that. I really love it. It's like wow. The zug is it. Yeah, the zug is it. I want a shirt. Zerg is it. <laughs> I love the fig because and the, bread itself. Oh, sorry. And the oh no yeah yeah the bread itself is very light. It came out yeah. so warm. It's wonderful. We didn't even like. I mean, it, you know, it's a, it's a traditional sort of chickpea hummus. Not anything necessarily remarkable. But those other two, there's the, the sweetness of the fig, and you're right, there's this other sort of, right, there is a sort of almost like an anise sweetness to it, but that with the the, um, the savory richness of the bread, gosh, this is so, remember France? I don't, because this is so good. I'm so happy we went right. They're totally two different things. I mean, the menus are completely different. And that's what makes this so exciting to go around the world and try different food from different places. So, you know. And again, I think everything here is, when I say it's super accessible, I say that, I remind people that because I want you to not walk by Morocco and go, nah, I don't like spicy food. I'm afraid to try that chicken kebab. I mean, kids could eat it. I mean, there's nothing sort of overpowering about that at all. And this is just a wonderful little, it's a wonderful little treat. It's very unique. And I think if you want to try something adventurous in your own way of trying something different on your vacation, this is a great thing to try. Get out there. Yeah. I mean, personal preference, France was wonderful. This takes the cake for me. It's just, if you want something light that packs a real punch of flavor, I think this is, you can't go wrong. This is so good. And the salad, I'm absolutely going to try to make at home. It looks relatively simple with its ingredients, but... Like it needs a place at my table. It's really good. And I and I think I discarded the the receipt too quickly, but none of the items here here or in France were overly pricey. I think the most expensive thing that we ordered was the fig cocktail. Was it was the alcoholic cocktail, which I think was which was eleven dollar. Everything else is running between probably four to seven eight dollars somewhere around there. Speaking of which, ladies, please dig into the. Fig cocktail with sparkling wine, fig vodka, and cranberry juice, which just sounds like it is uh, the perfect sort of holiday beverage. Too bad this isn't a video thing. I want so describe your face. 
I don't want to say what I want to say because you call me out. I was going to say it's fine. <laughs> Which in Lisa speak means I'm not a huge fan of it. Oh, no. This is we're getting nose across the table. Tastes like <laughs> Straight up, everybody. I'm not going to play you. Ooh, Amanda's face, too. Oh, wait. Now I have to. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a. It's fine. I'm not a, I'm not a big drinker. It tastes like Christmas. It sort of does have that sort of. This is rosemary, obviously. Yeah. It's strange that they don't list rosemary in the ingredients because there's very clearly a large sprig of rosemary sitting in top, which looks lovely, um, but. And I, it's, I don't know if I just, I'm not tasting it very much because there's so much garlic in my mouth. <laughs> You're welcome to the people who only have to listen to the recording as I'm talking. <laughs> I'm sitting across from her. It's, my, but you know what? You know who's the smartest guy at the table? The one that saves a little piece of the Moroccan bread so I can go back one last time. Just to sort of cleanse my palate. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. The fig. We also got the almond spice cake with the ginger mousse, orange ganache, and sesame tulle. Again, beautiful presentation. Looks very light. I will leave it to you to slice and dice so we can share. Your face, your face is so very different than it was a couple of seconds ago. You went from your fig face to your almond spice cake face. Oh, that's so good. It's so light. It's very rich. It's very rich. At first, I was thinking it wasn't a big enough piece because of the lightness, but actually, it's very rich. That that one bite did me just just right. I like the car car, car minimum that's in there. It's like that. It's like a cinnamony kind of you know spice, and it's it just it, it helps with the garlic. I think of as a nice little end note to a sweet little taste. It's a little aromatic. I'm, I'm, this is what I'm feeling. The ginger mousse, the way it offsets with the almond and then the orange ganache, um, it really did offset the garlic. It's light, but yet it feels decadent. There's something about this that reminds, for, uh, for some reason I tasted it and I was transported back to my grandmother's house in Brooklyn for Christmas and the 47 desserts that they would bring out, there was some sort of like an almond cookie that this very much reminds me of. And I'm having this like wonderfully non-Moroccan sort of Christmas sentimentality that it brings back. Um, again, it's a very nice way to punctuate the, the different types and levels of spiciness that specifically this booth, the Tangerine Cafe, has to offer. Really, 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 other than the fig drink, very, very well-rounded. And there's also a lavender cider on the menu that we didn't get because it's probably not the... We blew it not getting the apple cider. That sounds so good. Why don't you see if they'll exchange it for for an apple cider? (laughs) Okay, ladies. um, So where do we rank this on a scale of of one to five? I, I mean, I have a feeling, but... Totally just depends on your taste. Like, they both hit it out of the park. For me, I think I'll be back to Morocco more often because this is the kind of food I tend to crave especially on a warmer day like this. But, I mean, I'm glad we started where we did because going into those two booths hungry was the play. I give it a five out of five. I, I, I like this as an unexpected gem of powerful flavors in the sense that it's something unique dish that you normally wouldn't get in your hometown or somewhere regularly. It's something like a nice, unique treat. That bread was so delicious and those three dipping sauces and then the harissa chicken and then most of all the salad that came with the chicken and the lamb. So five out of five for me for the food. Yeah, I I honestly expected this to be the safe bet, meaning 
relatively pedestrian, not overly high on the flavorful spectrum, and it completely and utterly surprised. I think you're right. I think if you said, hey, you can go back and go to one of the two booths, do you go to France or do you come here? I think I, yeah, it depends on your mood, but I think I, I might I might come here. That lamb was so yummy. That chicken was incredible, and the salad that we keep talking about was so good. And the dips and the figs and the breads. Don't get the sparkling cocktail. Yeah, we, we, we do not recommend the, the sparkling cocktail. Again, I'm maybe not the best barometer, but overall across the table, it was it did not necessarily, and I don't think it just sort of matched up well. With what I we're think eating. the garlic overpowers your palate, and when you go to have something like that, I don't think you're going to get the fruity, flavorful thing you really want from a refreshing beverage like that. So I think maybe if you had it singly without the garlic, it may be a different taste, but because we had the garlic overpowering, I think it made it change it a little bit. This isn't the first time I haven't loved the Morocco cocktail. I love the food at Morocco generally, but it's not the first time I haven't loved the Morocco cocktail, so I'm not com- completely shocked, but it did sound better on paper than it was in real life. Well, speaking of love, I am looking out of the side of my eye, off in the distance, at my one true love on the promenade. It is where I look forward to visiting every single year, every single trip to Epcot, and certainly every festival. Japan, we're coming for you. A favorite, really my favorite, the favorite pavilion and consistently booth and marketplace during and outside of the festivals has always been and I think will always be Japan. And I absolutely love the Shiwasu Holiday Kitchen year after year. There are returning items that are traditional um, foods that are served during Japan during this time of year. And as we've come to learn, Shiwasu means December, end of the year. We're trying to sort of figure out exactly what Shiwasu meant. But the Holiday Kitchen once again has the Tarashi Sushi Tree, which is sashimi-grade tuna, salmon, ikura, and yellowtail and vegetables. Decorated really sort of using almost like a a cookie cutter shape of a Christmas tree. Very Instagram. Very We did not get it. We actually did not get it this year because I probably wouldn't have shared it. Um, (laughs) And it's delicious. But without question, the New Year Celebration Soba is a returning favorite, not just of mine, I think a returning favorite on the promenade. It's, it's a, a nice-sized portion of buckwheat soba noodles in a, in a hot dashi soup with a single piece of shrimp tempura, a small fish cake, shiitake mushrooms, and chopped green onions. And also for dessert, we got the Mont Blanc tart, which is a matcha mousse tart, and it, with a sweet red bean center sprinkled with konpeto sugar candy. We'll get to dessert after we have this. Um, this is something that is traditionally served at the end of the year in Japan. Lisa, you've lived in Japan. This is something that you, you I'm assuming you were there longer than a year and, and had some traditional celebration soba. Yeah, soba is such a great dish in Japan. It runs the gamut from the hottest month of the, months of the year when we eat it cold, when they eat it cold, to the colder months of the year when you're eating it hot in a dish like this. And this is just such a savory, wonderful dish and obviously the sushi is really good but there's not much to say about sushi except that it tastes good and so I think we're, we made a good choice here. There are also a number of beverages. There's a chocolate banana boba which I had the first time I came to the festival. It has cocoa and, and banana syrup and strawberry popping boba pearls. It comes in a non-alcoholic and an alcoholic version that has vodka in it. There's also a pomegranate draft lager and a sparkling plum wine. The chocolate banana boba 
tastes like a cold, thick, hot chocolate. It's very, very rich and chocolatey with a little hint of banana and those strawberry boba pearls on the bottom. It almost is more of a drinkable dessert, which is actually what chocolate was originally sort of meant to be, was a, a drinkable um, beverage. But we opted not to get it so we can sort of save our appetites as we go through. But ladies, I invite you to enjoy what consistently remains one of my favorite dishes. Um, in a, ver a very nice-sized portion, in the past, it's actually been served in these beautiful bowls that we, we, we've sometimes taken home because they're gorgeous. This year, it's in a recyclable, biodegradable, compostable, obviously very environmentally friendly bowl. Um, but there's, I mean, it's it's a very thick, um, sorry, it's a, it's a very full, um, it's a very full bowl. There's a lot of food in here, whether it be for one person or to share. There was a part of me that wanted to record the sounds of us eating the soba because one, the sounds of slurping is actually a compliment to the chef. You're supposed to slurp your noodles when you're in Japan and the slurp sounds were, were prominent and prevalent. There was a lot of onlookers going, what is going on back there by the bamboo? But it just goes to show how much we love and enjoy the this, this soba noodles. I'd like to announce the start of my ASMR Disney channel. <laughs> Where I slurp noodles all day. This is so good. I wish we were just saying, I wish there was a spot off Disney property where we could order this delivered to our door because it's so savory and so perfectly flavored. Um, I miss the pretty bowls, but I guess these are better for the planet. So I love the broth the best, actually, of the whole dish. I love the uni, like, like saltiness of it and especially it's a huge portion I think for when it comes to the kiosk but also like if you know how nighttime lately in the season we're having cooler weather this is a perfect thing to like get warmed up before you watch like harmonious yeah be ready to just drink the soup out at the end um and it's not the cleanest dish obviously <laughs> but it is by far one of the most savory those shiitake mushrooms really added some very nice flavor beautiful dish and even the, the piece of shrimp tempura that's in there is just placed on top at the end so it doesn't get um, uh, overly soft in, in the broth. But that umami of that dashi broth is so delicious. And it's not a thick, heavy broth. Like sometimes you'll get like a, an udon soup or even some ramens that have a bit of a, a thickness to it. It, it's a very thin, but so incredibly flavorful. That's part of why soba is such a versatile and good dish, because in the heat of summer, it's so light and refreshing when it's cold. And then in something like this, it feels so savory and rich. But the noodle itself is very light. Um, yeah, I, I'm all about this. I, we're batting a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Without, and we've talked about, you know, talking about the, the cold dish. It might not sound like it makes sense, but when you come for the frothy ramen, which I believe, I think the frothy ramen is at... Festival of the Arts, maybe? You wouldn't think that cold ramen with this sort of froth foam on top, but it is. It's delicious, and there is something that's savory yet cool and refreshing about it. But you're right. I only wish that either Disney had some sort of Luber Eats to my house um, so that I could get this all the time. The only thing that would make this better is if we watched, washed it down with a little matcha mousse tart with the red bean center. I love, love, love matcha. It is my everyday drink. Um, I have matcha green tea every morning. Uh, and I love like mochi, like red bean, 
mochi is delicious. There's this balance of savory and sweet that red bean has for it. If you've ever been to a Japanese restaurant and ask for the, the mochi ice cream, red bean and green tea complement each other so very well. This is served in a um, sort of a shallow, almost looks like a graham cracker-like like a tart. Pastry like a tart. tartlet. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a, like you would serve a tart. <clears throat> There's a generous serving of the Itsuki beans, the red beans, and then the light matcha on top. I love this. Mm, I'm doing my happy da- like dance mm. that I do when I love something I eat. That is perf. I love it. Uh, it's not too sweet, mm. you know, and it's just like, oh, I love the texture of it, right? Like, it's so smooth uh, and mmm. So matcha has this earthiness to it, mm-hmm. right? So matcha is, is sort of a... It's a ground green tea powder. Uh, it's different like a, than, a, than like a sencha green tea. And there is like there's this earthiness texture, like uh, not texture, like taste to it. That with the sweetness of the red bean and that sort of base of the tart. And I don't know if anybody else got the little sugar crunchies yes. on top, but it actually gives it a creme brulee type texture when you bite into it. And the soft, like the tart gets that like soft. This is so, so good. We need four more. I really love the uh, fish pastry that has the red bean in the center. I, I love that red bean, and I would have liked a little bit more red bean, but I, overall, it all balanced out very well. And I was surprised by the little sugar crunch. Yes, it was really delicious. Like, I want to get an order to go and bring it home and have this later on tonight for third dinner. Could you imagine, like, like around midnight tonight, like, winding down for the evening and remembering that that's waiting for you in the fridge uh, all day. No. Well, I don't get even stop to warm it up. Wait, imagine having this soba noodle late night around midnight. You're sitting on the couch watching your 6-3 watch of Lost. Not saying that I'm doing that, but hypothetically speaking. The tart pastry itself also was really, really delicious. A little crumbly, but it should be. And it really just counterbalanced and had to hold in everything else. <laughs> it did its job. I loved how fluff, fluffy and light the matcha too. It almost looks like it would be a heavier dish and it wasn't at all. No, that was wonderful. And I actually like when a tart softens up like that. It makes it almost taste like a pie crust that's soft enough to eat. That was, everything about that was great. I loved it. I would totally get this again. You have to try it. Come and try this. It's so great. So I'm going to tell you, I'm actually, I can't, I'm not going to give the booth a five though because I'm giving it a six. Because... I love France and Morocco. Wow, you were killing it until if you... The the only problem with Morocco is that it's so close to Japan. That's its only downfall. Morocco is phenomenal, though. All three of these. I mean, this little... This is the corner to hit. Come here. I'm I'm waving the soba noodles. (laughs) No, it's so good. No, I think the soba might be my favorite. Soba in the last bite. <laughs> so. That's why this is not a video podcast. It's very clear. Yeah, no, nobody wants to watch this. But, but that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be seen and heard, like enjoying the noodles. Like if the chef, if the chef could stop laughing for a second and was watching you eat, he would have been very proud to see that we were enjoying it so much. And we did. We really did. And I know it sounds like we love this. We love this. But it's, it's a reason true. why that's we we sort of pre-picked yeah. and we we sort of pre-selected these. Because we knew, but I think the surprise is that they're over-delivering on, I think, the promise that you don't necessarily see. And I almost wish that there were more pictures in the book to help give people an idea as they're planning their day to sort of circle things ahead of time. Yes. All right. Japan, you get a six. I mean, we're not moving on. it. There's no way I'm leaving that soba behind. I don't care if Amanda drooled into it or not. I'm going to finish it. (laughs) 
and before we make our way, we are all friends here. Um, I'm I'm fully immunized, vaccinated against everything, so I'm fine. <laughs> and then we will uh, we will move from here uh, further down the promenade. America, spread your golden wings, sail on freedom's wind across the sky, and bring me your delicious holiday pot pot. I just made that up along the way. <laughs> Couldn't tell it all. <laughs> as well as your pumpkin gingerbread cheesecake with a quick stop, by the way, um, along the way to the American holiday table at the American Adventure, we stopped at the funnel cake stand because we saw a frozen apple pie beverage with or without uh, moonshine. We opted for without, I think it was about $5. I think it was maybe 10 or 11 with the moonshine. It tastes like frozen apple pie, like not overly sweet. It's not a super warm day today, but it tastes like fall in America. I like that it's cold because it is a little bit of a warmer day and really nice dose of cinnamon, a little fizzy, but also icy, really good. I'm just happy it doesn't taste like Robitussin, so that's that's positive for me. But she's right, it's very refreshing, apple notes, and it's it's like a frozen slush. Literally tastes like an apple pie. You're right. It's not overly sweet at all. It has a lot of cinnamon in it. It probably would have been better with the moonshine, but we'll never know. <laughs> Listen, there's always tomorrow or later tonight. But let's move over to the holiday pot pie, which I tasted once before and did not know that it's actually a vegetarian dish because it's made with jackfruit, mushrooms, carrots, peas, onions, in this wonderful, crusty, fluffy, puff pastry, which looks like, you know, your mom's your mom's pot pie. It smells delicious. And the one thing that I thought was interesting was how the jackfruit actually has like this texture that I didn't know. I didn't know that there wasn't sort of turkey or meat inside. Well, jackfruit in the area of Orlando local scene for vegan um, food eateries, they do a lot of jackfruit tacos and stuff like that in order to fulfill the meat substitute. So I'm, I'm very curious how this they executed this dish. Yeah, I usually like jackfruit a lot in vegetarian dishes because it gives it that consistency that you miss when you don't have the meat. So I'm excited to try this. Well, as they say in America, manjo. Okay, so this is the first time I'm trying jackfruit in this capacity. And overall, the dish is good. I love the flaky pastry. It's very buttery. So they're probably using maybe an earth balanced butter, which is a vegan-based butter. Um, I, the only thing that's getting me kind of off here is the fact that it's kind of like off-putting with how watery it is inside versus it being more of a thickened um, filling. But, I mean, it does taste good. The flavors are there, and it has a good seasoning on it, which a lot of just sometimes I think people forget the, the salt and the pepper and all that. But Right. It's missing sort of the, the thick, like, roux creaminess mm-hmm. that, that a pot pie would normally have. Right. It's lighter. It's yeah, almost like, it, it is almost like a thick soup, almost like a, a mm-hmm. light stew. Yeah. It reminds me of eating escargot, like, because the jackfruit almost has that consistency, and then it's just sitting in this, like, liquidy, garlicky, buttery... It tastes very, very good. I would expect it more maybe at the France booth than here, um, just because of the flavor profile. But, I mean, it, it tastes really good. It's not going to be a go-to for me, but it tastes good. I think, I think the flavor's delicious. What I need is more pastry yeah. 
Yeah. Or like some nice crusty Italian bread. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's definitely a more soupy texture. It reminds me of a chicken and wild rice soup without the chicken or yeah. wild rice, but the flavor profile is very much like that. And the first time I've had jackfruit, it's very yeah. good. Like I said, I wouldn't know that it's not meat. This is a good thing when you, if you have someone in your family or, or a friend that, you know, you need to find some plant-based options for a hot meal. Because I feel like a lot of the plates sometimes don't have a warm option for people to eat other than having an Impossible Burger. So. Like, I, re- I, I really enjoy the flavor. Like, like, for a, like, if I was home or even, like, if it was a nice cold night. This would be like a nice hearty soup to have, but it's not a pot pie. With a nice crusty piece of bread to like sop all of that up. It tastes very good. It's just not what you would expect. Like you said, it's not, it doesn't have, and it's funny because the easiest part of making a vegan dish is kind of what isn't there. Um, Folding in a magical substitute to make it taste great. So, you know, it would be nice after this would be a little piece of pumpkin gingerbread cheesecake. So glad that you got Which has uh, cranberry whipped cream and candied pumpkin seeds on top. Ooh, is this like a? Is this like a? Um, I expect it to be smashing down some whipped cream here, but it's got a much thicker consistency. Is that what is on top? Cranberry whipped cream. Oh, so it's authentically whipped. <laughs> it's it's a heavy it's a heavy cream. It almost moved like ice cream. You could believe, I thought it was ice cream. Okay, so the so what do you think of the pumpkin? gingerbread cheesecake it fell a little flat for me it's fine but it needs a little punch of something at the end it's very basic i I don't feel like it's like that forward of a dish uh the only thing is thank goodness that the papitas uh which are the pumpkin seeds on top are on there because i think it helps give it something for the texture wise otherwise it'd just be very like bland and it needs something. I, I do agree with Lisa that it needs some like cinnamon or nutmeg or something. Right. I was like, there needs to be, we're sort of waiting for that little kick. And maybe because we've had, you know, we are coming from such like very like strong, flavorful dishes. This is sort of very, I don't want to say bland. It's not it's like sweet. It's not, yeah, it is. It's very sort of a muted, it's a muted flavor. It had a nice traditional cheesecake consistency. I myself am not a pumpkin spice fan. Don't come after me. So uh, I let you all enjoy it more. But you're wearing Uggs and leggings and a down vest. So I'm <laughs> But I will tell you, aren't you happy that I got the little frozen apple? Because that's the nice compliment. Yeah, I like that better. I would get this drink as a dessert before I would get the cheesecake. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so one to five rating of the American holiday table? Three. Two. 2.75. Can you be less specific? Well, because two feels low and three feels high. And 2.5 feels mean. So 2.75. So I will go, so you know what? I'll go overall three because I think I, I call the app, I call the frozen apple pie part of America. I've also had the chocolate crinkle cookie with Dove dark chocolate, and I dig me a good crinkle cookie. Not as good as my daughter's, credit where credit is due. She makes these tiny little, you know, half dollar size. This is a larger cookie, but the one that I had previously was very soft, very flavorful. And from what I understand, the slow roast of turkey with stuffing and mashed potatoes and green beans is a delicious American, like, Thanksgiving food, but... We just finished Thanksgiving, and I don't need the trip to Fan tonight. So if you're nostalgic for Thanksgiving once again, this is the place for you. 
And sometimes you just need to feed somebody who eats that way. So it's good to know that that's there. I don't think it was something we needed to like taste to tell you about, but it's good to know that that's there. And I think I was influenced by the decor because this is more your traditional Christmas decor, including Santa sitting over there. Yeah. Poinsettias, beautiful tree. So definitely influenced by that. It is beautiful. The tree is lit. It's sort of the golden hour. Santa was right there. The candlelight processional is about to start. We'll get to that at the end. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall pavilion, maybe it does even bump my three up a little bit because um, the flavor of America sort of bleeds into the flavor of the holiday table. America. America. That being said, buckwheat soba noodles. Including Amanda's We knew from the beginning of the day that we chose wisely in starting to go counterclockwise around the promenade, which I never usually do. We decided to hit what would be our top five festival booths, and our decision is paying further dividends as we sort of finish off the savory part of our night at the Bavaria Holiday Kitchen. Why? Because it is the golden hour. The sun is setting. The lights, the Christmas lights have just come on. The music is in the background. And we have a table by the water over World Showcase Lagoon. There's a beautiful breeze in the air. And we have not one, not two, but all three food items from the Bavaria Holiday Kitchen. The pork schnitzel with mushroom sauce, spätzle, and braised red cabbage. The cheese fondue and bread bowl with steamed baby vegetables and marble potatoes, and the Linzer cookie. While all of these are repeats from past years, something seems different. What did we notice? The cheese fondue in bread bowl seems measurably larger than it does in past years. In fact, it almost looks like it's twice the size. I mean, the container itself is twice the size, and there is a huge... It's almost like half of a sub-roll, like a hoagie roll in size, filled with cheese, a number of vegetables, lots of bread scooped out. The pork schnitzel looks and smells delicious, and we'll finish it off with the Linzer cookie. I think we almost need to start with the cheese fondue because you want that cheese needs to be warm and melty. Ladies, please dig in. Oh. My. Good night. <laughs> I don't even know what that word, what does that word mean? Good night. Whatever, it fits. <laughs> I want to swim in there. I want to swim in the cheese fondue. I love it. Ah. I can't believe how tasty it's different. It was so not like this. It's so much better. It's not just twice the size, it's significantly better. Without a doubt, the recipe has been whatever, changed. Whatever this costs, it was a great deal. Yes. I will have to look and, and double check and see. Maybe. Um, the cheese is is sharp and it's tangy and it's thick and salty and rich. 
You went for the vegetables, even the bread itself, which is very difficult in Florida, but the bread has a nice crust and crunch to it. And you just dip it in there and let it soak up. It is so, there's almost like a pepperiness to the cheese, which I love. But the bread is also very thick. And so you get a little bit of crust on the outside, but oh, it's just delicious. And I like that there are different veggies too, so it's somewhat healthy. <laughs> it's like a nuttiness to it too. Like it just got really great flavor. Yeah, I wish I knew what cheese it was. It's, um, yeah, this is so, I was, I almost wanted to skip this booth. I was very no. hesitant to make this number five. I yeah. honestly was hesitant to make it number five. I was, I, it, yeah, because I did not remember this. Being My experience with the bread bowl was not, was not yeah. great last time, no, but I said, all right, let's give it another shot. And then as we saw some other people like, wow, it looks a lot bigger this year. I'm very pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoy it. Dankeschön. Thank you very much for stopping. Wow, that's yummy. It's the size of my full palm and hand. Like from my fingers to my wrist and my full palm, it's like it's that big. Would you mind moving your gigantic palm because it's blocking my <laughs> access to the cheese? I was demonstrating, but thank you. Oh, that's nice. And then you can tear up the bowl, obviously, mm-hmm. and eat that. And that's going to be the best part. perfect bite. It really is. Marinating in the cheese fondue. That cheese is outstanding. It's like it's almost like the bite of a parmesan or something. Mm-hmm. It's got that kick. Yeah, yes. sharpness to it. It's got the sharpness to it. Oh, I love it. Wow, that's so, so much. Wow, that's I, I'm sorry. Well, wait. So, but now, so let's dig into the pork schnitzel. This too. Thank you for for slicing. Right, because it has the spatzel, which is almost like a. It's almost like a, a pasta, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a pasta noodle, a very small pasta noodle with the braised red cabbage on top. This portion, too, looks larger mm-hmm. than it has in, pa- in the past years. Yeah, this looks great, and it's got a healthy portion of the cabbage underneath that kind of cuts the, the um, richness, usually, so I'm sure that'll be good. So, I dig this, too. It's a, it's a lightly <clears throat> but deep-fried, thick but juicy pork cutlet mm-hmm. on top of a bed of spatzel, which... It's not, I don't know how to describe it. It's not like a pasta noodle. It's almost more like a dumpling, like mm-hmm. a dumpling consistency. And I, I love the, the texture and the flavors, the different layers of flavor that you get with the onions on top too. That's really, like that, and this is a full meal. Like it, there's a lot, there's a yes. lot to that. The mushroom sauce is good. It's, it adds a little bit of richness, as does the spatzel, but uh, the schnitzel is very good for being a food booth and not sit-down restaurant, it's extremely good. I really like that braised red cabbage on the top, too. I think it complements it very well. Yeah, the braised red cabbage kind of makes it, lightens up the whole thing and makes it a little bit less rich with the breaded cutlet. Um, I mean, if you dig a schnitzel, this is the schnitzel for you. (laughs) (laughs) And we might as well round things out with the Linzer cookie, which will help us sort of segue onto sort of the dessert portion of our review because we have for the most part shied away from the desserts but there are a number each each marketplace kiosk kitchen has, has its own dessert but there are a number of other ones that we'll try including some of the donuts there's a little coconut uh, pineapple sweet treat that's calling my name as well as as a few others 
but let's dive into the Linzer cookie, which was, you and Mandy were saying, like this is, you're hearing good, you hear good things about it. This is one of the five cookies on the cookie stroll. And from what I hear, it is the favorite of the five cookies. So I definitely wanted to try it. And the cookie stroll, once you have sampled all five cookies and then you get your passport stamped for all five, you can go and get your redemption cookie, which is the 50th anniversary uh, sugar cookie with a really pretty... By the way, do you see what's going on here? They're telling us to sort of stretch and talk like we're doing a newscast so that these two vultures, look at them. It's like they're attacking a carcass on the side of the road, ripping it to shreds, eating the bread bowl. Cookie schmucky, there's a soaked cheese bowl yeah, over here. See you later. <laughs> we, we got that on purpose so that you wouldn't see it. We're just trying to like divvy it up over here. There's too much good. They distracted us from the bread bowl. All right, maybe the cookie can wait a minute. Now, you see what happened? You guys got greedy. You had to go in for the Linzer cookie. If we would have just ended off on the cheese, it would have been great. The Linzer cookie was nice. If you eat the center where the actual jelly is, you're great. Otherwise, it was a little dry. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I took my bite. I took my bite from the middle, and it was lovely. So no wonder why the rest <laughs> of us got. Um, it was fine. Um, maybe with a nice cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. But I wish I would have had a little bit of distance between my cheese and my cookie. Totally my fault. I was all in for the Linzer cookie. I fully own it, and I agree with everything you said. Agreed. It, it was good with the jelly part, but the outsides of it were dry. Overall, Bavaria, where are we sitting on the scale? It's a five because of just the schnitzel and the cheese boat. It's not even a bowl. It's a boat. <laughs> I think I would put it... I'm going to say four and a half because it's phenomenal, but if Morocco and France are my fives... This is fantastic, but it's not quite at my tops. I I rather say like not overall for the booth itself, but I just like the cheese fondue for this yes. booth period. I think that's the only thing that's really like the standout dish for me, and I absolutely loved it. I yeah. think it was like just like great. I love cheese, so yeah. you know. I, I was thinking the same thing. So overall for the booth, because if I give it a five, I'm like, oh well, they're just giving everything fives. It doesn't really matter. Right. So I give the booth a four, Mm -hmm. but I give the cheese a five. That being said, I really did, and again, it's the end of the night. We've been here all, Mm -hmm. I liked, it's like a pork katsudan, like the schnitzel, like, so how do you not like fried pork with pasta and onions? I mean, that's really what it is, but the the, the cheese is the star of the show. And even at the end of the day, you clearly, the fact that that the bowl is empty, says a lot um, yeah go. but it is it's I mean that sitting by itself is is fine and that that goes to show however simple a dish might be if you do it well it could be fa- I mean there's not a lot to I mean really it's bread and cheese but the cheese is the star of that show and the star of this booth so I agree I think overall it's a four um, so as my children were want to say, You've got like your food stomach and then your dessert stomach. Do you have a little bit left in the tank to go and maybe hit a couple of the other desserts on the promenade? My food stomach is like pressing up against my dessert stomach, so it's not as empty as usual, but I feel like I could power on a little bit. I'll always have room for dessert, always. And by the time we walk a little more, the room's going to be there. Yeah, I'm getting my 14 steps into the next booth, so... (laughs) (laughs)
Oh my God. I'm literally, I'm literally choked up. Like we were just talking about Christmas music and this song comes on and I love it. And we're standing in front of Chestnuts and Good Cheer Holiday Kitchen, which is new this year. And it's a little slice of the Northeast where during the holidays we have carts on the streets that have cinnamon glazed almonds, cashews, pecans, and fire roasted chestnuts. Yum. This is very, 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 like, sentimental, I think. Especially, like, all of us, you know, used to live up in the Northeast area. And I remember going down, you know, Fifth Avenue and looking at all the stores and having a hot bag of one of these and just taking in all the sights of Christmas. I know. We were trying to decide. Do we get, like, almonds or cashews or pecans? We're like, get any of those. Probably not the chestnuts. I'm like, so I'll have chestnuts and (laughs) and cashews, which I have not partaken in as yet. They smell. And even they're sort of in that same paper that you would get them wrapped up in in the city and they're like that soft like when they get soft in there and the sweetness it's this it smells like when you're walking down the street in new york during the holidays and you pass the corner and there's like all that steam and they're like this sweet nut smell and the nuts are like crunchy but soft and they're warm and they're cinnamony I'm glad we waited till it was darker out and cooler out because the atmosphere just feels so right for this right now. Like literally, when the song came on, I started getting all checked up. The um, uh, spaceship Earth is sort of glowing off in the distance and the Christmas music and the tree is all lit up. Absolutely perfect night weather-wise. Like, this is like why you move here weather. Oh my gosh, I'm giving all of you a hug, not just you here around, but you listening. And I'm going to take a little piece, like even just added a little paper bag thank you that's why it's called good cheer it's very nostalgic Mm. and this chestnuts and good cheer is very popular a lot of people enjoying it and all the nuts come in at 525 oh my god Mm. I haven't oh I'm getting choked up I haven't had this since I was a kid I'm the stupidest person in the world, I know. <laughs> oh, it's so genuine. It's so genuine. We love oh, and the monorail went by. Oh, my gosh. Feel this man another chestnut. Here you go. Just don't choke on your chestnuts. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait. Ashley, you've never had a chestnut no. before, ever. No, I haven't. So, I've you said don't it. get them out of pure fear. Yes. <laughs> and the peeling. We're going to see. But it's easy, yeah. Please let me like this. Please let me like this. Did I, did, is, this is this correct? Is there more peeling? You want to get all the outside stuff off or you're going to have a bad experience. It's very meaty. Okay. It is very meaty, yeah. That's the right word. Plentiful. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a, it's a big, a chestnut is a big nut. Like, of yeah. all the nuts, it's probably, yeah. like, the largest. And it's all the meat inside. Ashley is just butchering her chestnut. Oh. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep going. I like it. I didn't think I would. Take this. Yeah. There you go. Give me this. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It's easier that way. It Mm. looks like a squirrel was gnawing at this chest. (laughs) My hands are small. I don't think so. (laughs) This is good. See? I like it. Hey, Mikey, he likes it. I know. (laughs) Yum. Did you have one? I did. Thank you. Do you like it's not your favorite. <laughs> it's not my it's favorite. Not your favorite. I'm saving for a coquito. Did you have a did you have a cashew? Uh, yes. 
It's actually a really healthy option. Like, I know we don't, we don't care that much, but... <laughs> have you listened? Have you been part of the rest of the day? But it's Not a nice You probably got about 30. I no, mean, that warm. is a big bag. Warm, yeah. Yeah. It's nice and warm. Just holding the bag feels so nice. I can't salvage this. Too. This is like the ideal night for it. I think if you've never... Like, no matter what... if Unless you obviously have an allergy, understand. But if And if you've never had fire-roasted chestnuts, this is the perfect opportunity to do it. And they are literally on a fire. Like when you order the chestnuts at the booth, they send you around back to the fire. Where they're, they're roasting on an open fire. Which is smells so good. And then the pecans would be delicious as well. Oh, now you give me to look like, why didn't you get the pecans? No, the pecans are good. <laughs> now we have a reason to come back. Exactly. There's always a reason to come back. My heart is full of Christmas cheer. <laughs> My stomach is full of Christmas foods from around the promenade, but we're not done yet. And I had a, a foodie first. We did? That's hard to come by. There's also hot cocoa here with peanut butter whiskey. What? There's an eggnog with a peanut butter whiskey, too, right? The there's tea. also, a, they're right, there's a, there's a regular eggnog. I guess there's an eggnog without whiskey, right? There's an eggnog without whiskey okay, yeah, for three fifty, and there's one for with whiskey for $11. There's Same thing for the... Peanut butter whiskey and the eggnog, which sounds very cool. I'm not a big eggnog or peanut butter person, but like if you did like peanut butter and eggnog, I imagine it would be delicious. She's looking at me like if, if you, for you. Right, if you want to go and get it so I can try it, feel free. I'm no, there's no pressure. All good things, all good things must come to an end, and our culinary journey around World Showcase came to a somewhat screeching halt. <laughs> we had all the best intentions of sort of round two of desserts and snacks. And we almost wouldn't be able to do it justice because there is so much just in terms of the sweets and treats. Uh, the Meli Kaliki Maka Holiday Kitchen, I was very much looking forward to the Hoppia Pie, which is this Hawaiian coconut pudding with candied macadamia nuts and, and coconut. Uh, I've had it before. It's delicious. Holiday Sweets and Treats is an entire booth of peppermint sundaes, and there's uh, it's a holiday cookie treat stroll completion location where you have sort of the, um, what do they call it? Sort of the, like the redemption cookie, mm-hmm. right? If you do all the other cookies. You actually just had the Spaceship Earth cookie, the caramel Salted caramel spaceship Earth cookie, right? Which was which was okay, not not thrilling, but nice. Pretty, it's pretty. (laughs) It's it's an Instagram cookie, but I also think too. Again, we we're we're hitting the wall uh, relatively hard. I really wanted to try the coquito soft serve waffle cone, but the mind is willing and the body is just. uh, Although we're gonna walk around for a while more. It's Wednesday night. We might do a live show and make our way back into um, into World Showcase. But we did have a couple of I'm sorry, we did have a couple of very good desserts. The almond cake and Morocco was wonderful yeah. and the matcha with red bean I think was definitely gonna, I, I'd be shocked if that wasn't top five. That was really good. So what is the best? So we really sort of broke down 18 plus booths to our top five. I think we did very well in keeping with our top five. If you had to sort of, if you were able to sort of come back to Epcot and I say, all right, let's go to one place you can eat one thing tomorrow, what is it? Gosh, I wasn't expecting the one 
but one thing. Um, if I one thing, it obviously it depends on what I'm in the mood for and all the other things. But I I'm headed back to Morocco. I think most often, maybe the chicken skewer, which seems ridiculous to say after all that, but I loved it so much and the salad that it was served on. Like I would make it home all day. Wow. I, know, I have my wide-eyed what face. I wasn't expecting that, but that's. I mean, I don't think there's a wrong answer. I, I loved it. Unless you say the salted caramel cook. Cheese fondue. I absolutely loved it. I, I just like the consistency of everything. You get, like, vegetables, so you can pretend you're eating healthy, even though it's completely bad for you. Um, I just thought that dish was really comforting, and with the weather turning, I think it's a fun dish. You can share it, and just whoever gets to eat that nice, like, sorry, that nice little bite at the end of all the cheese at the bottom of the bread bowl, like, you're the winner right there. So. You are feverishly <laughs> thumbing through the book, trying yeah. to figure out. I, it's the it's the cheese fondue in a bread bowl. If I'm going healthy, it's the chicken kebab with the salad because it was absolutely delicious. But there's another dessert that we had at the very beginning that we forgot about that was my favorite dessert, and that was the Boucher de Noël chocolat blanc. Did I say that correctly? <laughs> the chocolate Christmas log with oh. the chocolate fudge outside the raspberry cream. I thought that was absolutely delicious. So I've had all this time to think, and I haven't, because when I closed my eyes, the first thing that came to mind was the soba. Mm. I, I, I just I, I just love it so much. Right. And even when it's warm, it's just, it, it has it all. Um, it ha- I, I love, it's not just the noodles, but the soup and the fish cake and that dashi broth and that little um, uh, piece of... of tempura in there as well in that pavilion and it, it is it's um it is it continues to be my go-to and it's a thing that my mind and my heart and my tummy went to first um was there a i mean we didn't have a lot really to drink but even sort of looking at the menu was there anything that either appealed to you or that you'd want to come back and drink again or try again and that you saw on the menu that i have to come back and make sure to try to drink I'm sure we missed so many things, but that apple pie slushy was really, right. really good in America. And I bet you if you wanted it with the alcohol, I bet the moonshine version of it is just as good. I actually have had in the, the France booth the um, frozen hot chocolate martini slush or whatever it might be. And I thought that was really great. It's, it's kind of on the sweet side, but um, it, it goes down pretty nicely. So <laughs> very festive. We saw when we were getting the uh, chestnuts and other candied nuts there that there was a hot chocolate with a peanut butter whiskey. And I'm not normally a whiskey person, but I have had a little sip of peanut butter whiskey and that with uh, chocolate I think would be delicious. I also had all intentions of trying the Joffrey's, um, the Carolers cold brew, which is a cold brew with brown butter toffee Swiss chocolate syrup and sweet cream topped with whipped cream and pieces of Twix candy bars. <laughs> Again, you mentioned healthy. That's the first thing that comes to mind. But I, too, I love the, the sweet simplicity of that apple slush. Um, I, I thought that was super, super nice. It had more flavor than the dessert for the pumpkin dessert that was in yeah. America, I felt. Like, if they can incorporate that into that dish, that would be better. I loved it in the same way that I loved that tea and apple cider that we got 
many times at chai um, yeah. that chai tea. It's had that same sort of like not overly sweet um, and just the right amount of apple. And so Festival of the Holidays, despite what you may have heard tonight, is not just about the food. Um, there are the storytellers, there's candlelight processionals, there's a wide variety of merchandise, there's um, there's activities for kids, there's the little scavenger hunt that you can do around the world, um, there's the holiday cookie stroll, and it's the Olaf's holiday tradition expedition scavenger hunt. There's also Living with the Land has the holiday overlay, as well as something else. Another, um, Figman has his Christmas sweater has on. Christmas sweater. So I, in, in the tradition of, of, of lists, do you have a favorite holiday storyteller around the world? And do you have a favorite candlelight processional narrator? So I love all the storytellers, but just close to my heart is the Daruma doll, um, the Daruma vendor. I love, like, I have, Japan is very close to my heart. I love everything that that story stands for and, like, the role that it plays in Japan at this time of year. Um, yeah, I think she's just wonderful. I could listen to all of the storytellers all year, and I think, like, that's what sets the different festivals apart because all the festivals have great food. It's sort of what else they bring. Um, so yeah, I think the Daruma doll, and then are we doing candlelight now as well? Sure. I mean, easy one, but Neil Patrick Harris, um, I'll miss him this year. They're all so great. And I think nothing made me happier than hearing that candlelight was coming back. So I'll, I'll wait it out for him for next year and just enjoy everybody this year. I like the mischievous barn Santa in Norway. <laughs> I mean, his little buckle shoes, and he's just got his stick, and he's just yelling and carrying on with his belly, and he's hilarious. I mean, we were all just laughing when we strolled through there this evening, and I just think he's a hoot. I really adore him. And then um, for processional, I mean, Jody Benson, she's great. I love the tone and acidity of her voice and how her inflection is when she tells the story. And I think it's just really a soothing, nice way that she does it. So that's what my favorite is. Uh, I agree about the mischievous, magical barn Santa. That was a riot. I had heard about that beforehand and really wanted to see it. So we just happened upon it at the right time. I'm very glad we did. And also for entertainment, when we first were starting, I really enjoyed the joyful celebration of the season. They're singing uh, more like gospel and R&B and both Christmas and Kwanzaa songs. And I thought they just were very uh and it got you in an up celebratory mood maybe not all the traditional christmas songs some of them were but i loved listening to them and then candlelight processional i've actually only seen neil patrick harris a couple of times so he's my favorite um i would like to see i know robin roberts has done it in the past i think she would be very good so i think la bufana in italy is unique because she's a witch um and i think a lot of people when you think the holidays, you think of some fat, jolly... Stop looking at me when I say fat and jolly. You think of some fat, jolly man sort of telling... And La Bufana is much like the Daruma Storyteller, um, but that's actually where I go. I think the Daruma Storyteller... I love the story. I love the New Year sweeping out the old and, and that that sort of um, renewal for the New Year. Um, I, like you, I love sort of everything about the pavilion. And for Candlelight... Uh, I think if you ever, all of all the narrators bring something special. Uh, believe it or not, the next time you go to Candlelight, and I was with somebody earlier today who had never been, and I was 
visibly in shock. And I said, you literally, like, you have to change your plans. It's like, well, we walk by and we've seen a little bit. I'm like, no, you need to either wait on. And I actually, I very highly recommend doing one of the dining packages. Um, there are four restaurants that allow you to do a dining package. Um, it's Beer Garden, Coral Reef, Garden Grill, and Rosen Crown. It runs between 62 and $74. That gives you an appetizer, an entree, a dessert, and a beverage, and guaranteed excellent front center seating. It is without a doubt it's worth it, because otherwise, especially if you want to go to the 7 o'clock or 8.30 show, you'll need to stand in line. Um, every seat is a good seat, but here you're guaranteed. I think the first thing, if you can, sit on the right side of the theater. And I suggest that only because the American Sign Language interpreter is, it, 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 there's a specific woman I'm thinking of, is as much of a performer as she is an interpreter. And I met her recently, I saw her at an event, and I ran over to, like, shocker, choked up as I was, and I said, you're, you're just beautiful in your performance and your portrayal. She is a, a gifted actress as much as she is an interpreter. But of all the performers that I've seen, Gary Sinise is, is for me, far and away. Um, the man just exudes love of God and country and being here. And he, like Neil Patrick Harris, injects so much of himself in the performance. And he is present and he sings along and there is emotion that he brings three times a night, every single night. Um, and he is, is one that I would normally try to... Who would... If you could sort of plop anybody into and make them be a candlelight processional narrator, who would it be? Steve Carell. And if you don't say Morgan Freeman or Christopher Walken, your answer is wrong. <laughs> I mean, those are the answers you think first, and then you try to get more creative, right? But yeah, I love Neil Patrick Harris for the same reason. I love... Like, he just... He gets so into it, and he approaches the role with such humility... Like, he's standing there and singing with the rest of the choir, like, just full on. Um, but Gary Sinise does such wonderful things when he comes, I know, for families. So, Angela Bassett, I think, would be excellent. She's a narrator. She does enchantment, right? Yeah. Or he says, yeah, Steve Carell. I just, think he's, I just love him. And I just think that he can either be very serious or very funny. And so I would be amused to see how he would carry the story. And so even outside of, of coming here to, to review, is Festival of the Holidays, as we're all locals, is Festival of the Holidays something that is a must-do just for you personally every year? Is it, is it, a, is it a one and done? Is it, a, is it something that you come back for over and over again? Absolutely. I think it's different even if some of the food offerings are the same. It varies. The decorations vary. Just the atmosphere varies. And it feels... More special this year, I think, because things are more, quote-unquote, open than last year. So it's definitely feeling more celebratory for me. I enjoy coming back annually. I, I think it's a nice way to celebrate in the sense that, you know, we're used to being in different parts of your family living other places. And, you know, I miss going to New York City for Christmas and having the spirit of that. So this is the closest thing I can get to that whimsy and all the lights and the camaraderie and the different foods of different cultures and flavors. And I really enjoy it every year. There's not a square foot of Disney that I don't love this time of year. Um, so this obviously applies to that, too. And I also love, like, this is such a delightful time to bring my kids to Epcot because 
Epcot, I mean, my, I'm lucky. My kids love Epcot, period. But I know some people struggle to, you know, take their kids around World Showcase and keep them entertained and try to, like, think a lot about things that kids will enjoy along the way. And while there are always a lot of things for kids to do around World Showcase, this is just such a natural time of the year for them to sit and listen to the storytellers and be entertained and actually be learning and not even necessarily know that they're learning. Um it's just such a beautiful time, and it's such a gorgeous night. It's just, it's this, this is what I call a why we moved here evening. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, there's lots of reasons to come, and certainly a lot of reasons to come back. And I will say the one thing that I do miss is I do miss the holiday tag for Illuminations. Yeah. I liked having that little sort of special add-on. We do get a little bit with Beacon of Magic as you walk out of Future World um, with its own sort of little holiday overlay to it um, but I think you're right it just the, the combination of the music and the atmosphere and the weather and the food and the entertainment um, really does make this a, a very special time of year and I want to know from you what is your favorite part of Festival of the Holidays and if you haven't been here yet why not what are you waiting for it truly is the most wonderful time of year let me know by being part of the community and conversation by going over and being part of the WW Radio Clubhouse over on Facebook at www.radio.com slash clubhouse or call the voicemail from the Festival of the Holidays. Let me hear what you're doing. Sing it. Tell me what you're eating and what you're enjoying at 407-900-9391. And then please, when you're done with that, please go and visit my friends in all of the things that they do. Thank you all for being here. Uh, please tell people where they can find you and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for having me. So you can find me at Disney Travel for All on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Email me at Amanda at DisneyTravelForAll.com. Don't you have a podcast or something, too? I do have a podcast, <laughs> Disney, Disney Travel for All podcast. Yes, thank you. And I'm Ashley. Thank you, Lou. This was a really great day. Um, I'm so full now. I don't know what to do with myself. Um, but I am a cup of charming.com and a cup of charming at all the social media handles. So you can find me for food and travel and fun stuff like that. This was so much fun. Thank you for including me. Um, I'm at thecastlerun.com is my blog. You'll also find my shop there, Core Memory Candles. Um, there's a tab there on the blog or at corememorycandles.com. And you'll also find me on Instagram at thecastlerunner. All right. Almost last question. You asked it before. Favorite, favorite Christmas holiday song? Carol the Bells. I'm stealing yours. <laughs> Christmas wrapping uh, by the waitresses. Oh. Wow. That's a great song. That How does that go? Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's it. That's it, all right. Um, I, the one that gets me in the feels the most is um, Christmas Canon by Trans Siberian Orchestra. Favorite holiday movie? If I said, come on over, it's couch and cookie and cuddle time with big blankies, what are we watching? Christmas story. Christmas vacation with the Grizzlies. So if I'm in a fun mood, we're watching Elf. If I'm in a sentimental mood, we're probably watching Miracle on 34th Street. I want to hear you. And I'll post these questions as well in the clubhouse. Thank you all so, so much for being here. Please forgive my emotional response to the chestnuts. But thank you for sharing this, this night and this holiday with me and with all of us. Thank you. have room for one more snack. Just <laughs> one more snack on the way out. It's right there. 
what's right there? I don't know. But it's <laughs> something. But whatever it is, it's right there. time for our Disney trivia question of the week where you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. This week's trivia contest is brought to you by you because as part of the WW Radio Nation, you literally help bring every episode of WW Radio to life, every live broadcast, the contests and giveaways. They're all thanks to, by, for, and because of you. You can find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar a month and get cool exclusive awards like scavenger hunts, trivia quests, Group video calls, we have a private Facebook group, shirts, stickers, monthly care packages, early access to special events, discounts, and more. You can find out more by joining the WW Radio Nation and helping to contribute to our Dream Team project, which benefits the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America by going to www.radio.com support. Now, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I took you over to Magic Kingdom and asked you to tell me how many American flags are there on Main Street, USA? And first, thanks and congratulations to all of you who got this somewhat tricky question correct, because the answer is, of course, one. Because while you might see what appears to be flags all up and down Main Street, USA, they're not actual American flags because they're missing stars and stripes, which makes them pennants. And the reason why is because the code of conduct for an American flag means that you have to display a flag only from sunrise to sunset on buildings and on stationary flagstaffs out in the open. And so for Disney to make it appear as though it's July 4th every day, which is the reason why you see all the red, white, and blue pennants and bunting on Main Street, you say they would have to literally take down every single one of those flags every night and put them up early in the morning. And so all those pennants on tops of the buildings are missing some stars or stripes. They're not actually American flags. The only real American flag is the one on the main flagpole in Town Square, which is why they do a daily flag ceremony, which you must see at least once every single day. And did you know they actually raised and lowered the flag every single day, even while the parks were closed during the lengthy COVID closure? Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week, you were playing for a special prize package that includes a copy of the Walt Goes to Washington book by my guest last week, Jamie Hecker. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Jason Sherman. So, Jason, congratulations. Jamie will get your book out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. One of the things that I love about the Disney parks are some of the celebrity cameos that you'll find in or even hidden in some attractions. Model, actress Tyra Banks, who's now host of Dancing with the Stars, was once a star of her own in what Walt Disney World attraction? That's your question this week. In what Walt Disney World attraction could you once find Tyra Banks? You have until Sunday, December 19th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form on that page, and this week, once again, you're playing for a WW Radio pin and keychain, so good luck and have fun.
That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I'd love to hear from you and your favorite part of the Festival of the Arts, whether it is Candlelight Processional Narrator, Festival Kitchen, or just aspect of the festival itself. Please become part of the community and conversation by joining the WW Radio Clubhouse group on Facebook at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. It is fun, family-friendly, drama-free, and you can come in talk not just about this week's show, but anything in the Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars universe. I'd also love to connect and chat with you on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on all the social, and you can also call the WW Radio voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. Be heard on the air, whether it's about this week's show or a question, a comment, or even just a hello from the parks or the festival, even better. You can also email me directly, lou at www.radio.com with a question that I can answer on an upcoming listener email show. In addition to the podcast, please don't forget to join me this and every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WW Radio Live. Sometimes we talk and walk and ride from the parks or from home. I do my top five live or Disney Plus pick of the week. Your questions, comments, and lots more. Again, every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. So turn on notifications both in the Clubhouse group and on the WW Radio page so you don't miss a thing. And for easy reference, just go to www.radiolive.com. In addition to connecting with you online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. We have lots of events coming up. Stay tuned for our next Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World. We'll be cheering over Marathon Weekend in early January. We have our WW Radio cruises, including our Marvel Day at Sea in February, our inaugural cruise on the Disney Wish on June 20th, our Very Merry Time cruise on the Disney Wish December 5th, and in 2023, our Disney Fantasy 8-Night Overnight in Bermuda and Bahamas, you can find out more about these and other events by going to www.radio.com slash events. And believe it or not, you have done and continue to do so much for me simply by listening to the show and being part of the community and the nation. And I would love to try and help you any way I can in return. So I would love to try and help you turn what you love into what you do or work with you on your business, brand, blog, or idea with one-on-one mentoring or small group coaching, or come to speak to your business, event, or school. You can find out all the different ways that we can maybe work together by visiting lumangelo.com. And whether you're looking to book your next trip to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, or anywhere in this great, big, beautiful earth of ours, you can go and visit my friends over at mousefantravel.com, my official recommended travel provider. It is who I've used, it is who I trust, and it's who I recommend it to you for more than, well, I guess it's almost 15 years now. You can find out more, get a free no obligation quote by visiting mousefantravel.com. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, and I mean that sincerely, but all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. I'm serious. It's really, it's helpful and important. And one of the ways you can do that is not just by sharing out a link to this or your favorite episode on social somewhere. But if you can, take just a couple of seconds to rate and review the show over an Apple podcast. I want to thank reviewer Jara Lita, who says, I only found the show a few months ago. Listen every week. It's quickly become part of my routine. Lose knowledge of Disney, positive outlook, and inspirational messages are refreshing and entertaining. The best out there. Thank you so very much. Again, just search for WW Radio in Apple Podcasts. And finally, and most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot express in words just how much 
you listening and you being here and being part of this community and really being part of my life. And I mean it when I say with, even if we've never met face-to-face and exchanged that handshake and a hug, know that simply by virtue of you listening, and even if you're not active in the community, you're part of the community and you're part of my extended family. And I'm grateful for that. And I hope that the show brings you happiness. It brings some positivity in your life. It helps you choose the good and find and, and look for and be some of that positivity that we need so desperately out there in the world. I believe that positivity is contagious and you can and should be uh, able to make a difference, even if it's one day, one act, one person at a time. And you know what? It's going to make you feel better as well. I promise you. Thank you again. I hope that you have an amazing week this week. I hope to see you Wednesday night on Facebook, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. So until next time, I love you. See ya. Hello, Lou Mangello. So I'm calling you from the boathouse where I just had my first of what will hopefully be many, many meals at this stupendous restaurant on your recommendation. I got the coriander seared ahi tuna, and it was I don't want to throw around terms like life-changing, but let's just say my life will never be the same. Anyway, the main reason I'm calling is I recently finished listening to your podcast. I started in 2018, went back to the beginning, um, and just finally caught up. And I know that's a lot of Lou. Uh, it is a lot of Lou, but it's been fun. So thank you for the magic and for the memories and for making the last three, four years of my life just that much more interesting um and especially thank you for recommending the boathouse anyway god bless keep doing what you're doing see you hey lou it's jim smith calling from hanover mass uh i just finished listening to your top 10 ish boat rides at walt disney world with uh, tiny timmy um awesome episode it did sound like tim was maybe feeling a little under the weather i hope he's doing okay i uh, sounded kind of stuffy anyhow great episode um you were asking what uh, some other favorite uh, boat rides are. Well, I'll just revisit one that you guys talked about were the water taxis, and in particular, the one that goes from Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness over to Magic Kingdom. Uh, the reason I want to mention it is the part of that boat ride that always I enjoy is uh, the part where your boat actually goes over a tunnel through which cars are driving. Uh, I know this type of uh, infrastructure exists in other places, but to be able to be on a boat and, and crossing over cars that are passing underneath you, uh, under the water, it just was, it's such a cool vantage point to see. And, uh, I always am drawn to that every time I go back and forth to Magic Kingdom, uh, up there. Uh, so yeah, I really love that. Uh, and another one that I didn't catch you guys mention was, uh, over at Typhoon Lagoon, Misadventure Falls, uh, not really a boat per se, it's a watercraft, a raft, I guess, but a, a lot of fun. Uh, that, that, that attraction was a great time, and, and we love the, the water park, uh, all of the water parks, uh, to be honest. Uh, we have a good time there. So anyhow, thank you, Lou, for everything that you do. Uh, thank you for some excellent episodes lately. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, to all of the Box family, uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. And if you don't celebrate, then have an awesome weekend just the same. Take care, everybody. 